Welcome to the Sensitive Kitchen, where home cooks are inspired to cook to enable those you love to flourish. I'm Cindy Sullivan, registered dietitian, passionate nutrition educator, and accomplished home cook. Whether you're changing how you cook for food sensitivities, allergies, intolerances, or just trying to eat healthier on a budget, you're in the right place. Most episodes, I will share favorite recipes, as well as modification tips and nutrition benefits. Occasionally, I'll have a guest or special episode like modifying holiday favorites. My favorite foods? They're raspberries and homemade chocolate chip cookies. My latest cooking project was long-fermented sourdough bread. Food prices have gone up and are continuing to go up. You all know this. And most of your, you already have higher grocery bills because you're purchasing more expensive products to avoid your allergens or food you're sensitive to. Even if you're cooking mostly from scratch, alternative flours, for example, are more expensive. I recently made a pizza crust that called for six different flour ingredients to try to take the place of regular flour in a recipe. So to help a little with your budget, in the next several weeks, I'll be sharing a few more unconventional tips for being sure you get all the goodness out of the food that you're already purchasing. Today, we're going to talk about using up the last of that tomato harvest as the frost hits your garden. Next week, we'll talk about apple tea. As a surprise make-ahead hint, start saving your apple peels and cores cores without the seeds, in a container in your fridge or your freezer. We'll make apple tea with them. And then we'll make talk about orange peel tea. Again, start saving your orange and mandarin and clementine peels in a freezer bag in the freezer or fridge or a container in your freezer. Just be sure to rinse all of them before peeling and you're good to go. So about those green tomatoes, do you have tomatoes you've picked off the vine before the first frost? What are you planning to do with the very green ones? Those are the ones with no trace of pink. Those often don't turn red, but they make excellent refrigerator pickles. I found this out during a storm in August. My earth box where my tomatoes are growing tipped over and my dear husband collected and washed over seven pounds of green cherry tomatoes. We were headed out of town in two days. What was I going to do with seven plus pounds of green cherry tomatoes? Our cucumber crop, however, was a failure this year. I didn't put them in the earth boxes. I just put them in regular pots. So because it was a failure, instead of my second refrigerating being filled with refrigerator pickles, it had space. So I did my research, and I started pickling green tomatoes. One of the recipes I used I found online. I found used also a dill recipe and my usual pickle recipe. The online recipe, the new one, contained cloves, and as the pickles aged, I found their flavor was too overpowering for me. My cucumber pickle recipe, however, used on the tomatoes was just fine but the dill ones were wonderful. 
reminiscent of naturally fermented pickles my mom and I enjoyed when I was growing up. Before I share the recipe, let's talk a little bit about pickles and green tomatoes. First of all, we rarely purchase pickles. Like some of you, there are some ingredients in most standard pickles that my husband is sensitive to. So I usually make our own. I know some of you are in the same boat, so you can use the bread and butter pickle recipe for cucumbers as well, if you're interested in some refrigerator pickles. The most important point today is to talk about are green tomatoes safe to eat? Green tomatoes do contain higher levels of various toxic alkaloids. They include things like solanin, which is also in green potatoes, and nicotine. As tomatoes ripen, their alkaloid levels drop. But this doesn't mean you can't eat green tomatoes. Let's sort of put this in context for a moment. You realize that most plants contain toxins, and that includes your ordinary everyday vegetables and herbs. People have gotten ill from overeating spinach or carrots, for example. Plants use toxins to keep predators from eating them. But people are omnivores, meaning we can digest both plant and animal foods, and we humans are pretty good at digesting plant poisons. We can absorb them and break down most toxins as long as they're not too concentrated. So we can consume a lot of plants and plant-derived foods that other animals, including a lot of our pets like dogs, cats, they can't consume. Things like onions, coffee, chocolate, walnuts, garlic. So I want to put this in perspective that you are already eating foods that carnivores can't digest. So having said that, um, Larry Hodginson is the laid back gardener. He's written over 60 books on gardening. And he comments that quote, most alkaloids are in the stem and leaves of the tomato plant. However, in green immature tomato fruits, these toxins are also high, end of quote. But you can relax because the toxins are not lethal for humans unless you eat about 625 grams of green tomatoes at one time. That's about 22 ounces or a pound and a half of green tomatoes. You should be just fine making pickles. Nobody I know eats a pound and a half of pickles at one setting. You shouldn't. As tomatoes ripen, the alkaloid compounds decrease. To give you a comparison, you'd have to eat 22 pounds of semi-ripe tomatoes or 64 pounds of ripe tomatoes to make you sick. However, if you're someone who has a hard time digesting ripe tomatoes, don't eat green ones in large quantities. So, are green tomatoes poisonous? Yes, but only slightly and not enough to do harm in most cases unless you're eating jars and jars of them. A few people may develop stomach distress, and some people may develop stomach distress from eating ripe tomatoes too. And if you're one of those people, don't eat unripe ones. 
are green tomatoes actually good for you? So the nutrition tidbit today is that green tomatoes actually contain almost the same amount of vitamin C as ripe tomatoes. They're a good source. They also contain fiber, beta carotene, which is the plant form of precursor of vitamin A and an antioxidant in its own right. Calcium, potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, vitamin K are just some of the vitamins and minerals that you find in green tomatoes. They're also rich in antioxidants. Now, ripe tomatoes will be a better source of these nutrients, but don't discount the fact that unripe tomatoes also contain nutrients. And as I already mentioned, almost the same amount of vitamin C. So, are you ready to pickle some tomatoes? These are easy. They go in your refrigerator. They do require a little bit of preparation. So, for your ingredients, first of all, you need tomatoes, green tomatoes that are not turning red. Keep the ones that are starting to turn red in your counter, they'll turn red. I use cherry tomatoes, but any of them will work. Green tomatoes tend to have a tougher skin, so it's important that you cut them in half so the brine can be absorbed into the tomato. And if you're working with larger tomatoes, cut them in wedges or slices. Secondly, for an ingredient is vinegar. Either distilled or apple cider vinegar works well. For this purpose, I do not use fermented vinegar with the mother because this vinegar is going to be boiled, so the beneficial bacteria will be destroyed. Use the cheaper stuff. Remember, save some money. Kosher salt. And then you're going to need some kind of a brine. I'm going to give you two of them. One is more a bread and butter pickled brine. So it's a sweet and sour brine and it will have sugar and mustard seeds and celery seeds and sliced shallots, which are optional. And then I'm going to give you a dill brine, which is a sourer brine. So for that one, you and for both of these, we've already have the vinegar. So you're going to need dill seeds or dry dill weed. Now let's talk about this a minute. Dill seeds are what are called for in most recipes, but I did a little bit of research because I have three jars of dill weed in my cupboard and no dill seed. So I wondered if I could use them interchangeably and I found out that I could. The problem is, however, if you use dill weed, you're going to have a lot of dill pieces floating and you'll just need to strain it out before you put the brine in with the pickles. It's easy. So for dill pickle brine, which is a sour one, there's no sugar in this one, but you'll need either dill seeds or dried dill weed, bay leaves, and sliced garlic. You'll need to prepare your jars. Now, these pickles are going to be stored in your refrigerator, so their shelf life is not quite as long as if you put them on a shelf, and you're not going to actually can them. However, for them to keep longer, you want to prepare your jars. Either you're going to run them through the dishwasher, including the lids, or you're going to put them in the sink after cleaning them thoroughly and pour boiling water over them. Then place them upside down in a dish rack or on a kitchen towel on the counter to drain for a few minutes, and then flip them over to let the jars air dry. You can use canning jars if you want, if you have them, or you can just use other jars that you've saved from other foods. And I use a combination of both. They both work great. You're not going to actually pickle them, so reusing jars is okay. 
After you get your jars ready, you're going to prepare your shallots and garlic. Both of them are optional, depending on which recipe. You're going to peel and slice your garlic, peel and slice your shallots, and separate your shallots into little rings. To prepare the tomatoes, you're going to rinse them really well, pick them over and cut out any bad spots if there are any, and slice the tomatoes in half if you're using small tomatoes, or in wedges if you're using larger tomatoes, or even slices. So you're going to place the tomatoes in the jars, and you're going to add the shallots, or onions, or garlic if you're using sort of interspersed. You want to leave about an inch of space at the top of the jar so that the brine can cover the tomatoes. When your tomatoes are all in your jars that are prepared, then you're going to prepare your brine. You're going to place your vinegar and water, depending on which recipe, and spices into a small saucepan. Bring it to a boil over medium heat. If it's a recipe that uses sugar, stir it frequently until the sugar dissolves. You're then going to pour the brine over the pickles and seal the jars. Let the jars cool for a couple of hours at room temperature and then refrigerate them. You can start eating the pickles in about three days, but the flavor will grow much more pronounced over the first couple weeks. Now, a couple of tips. First of all, it is hard to know exactly how much brine to prepare. If you find yourself short, you have two options. Oh, wait a minute. Why is it hard? Because the different size jars, how much you can pack tomatoes in sometimes depends on the size of your tomatoes. It depends. There's just, it's just hard to know exactly how much brine for how many tomatoes. I almost always find myself short. And if you're like me and you find yourself a little bit short of brine, you have two options. One is to make more brine. This is what I usually do. It honestly only takes a few minutes. The time-consuming part of making pickles is getting everything ready, not making the brine. Or secondly, you can wait a few extra days to eat your pickles. And in a few days, the tomatoes will have slightly shrunk down so that all the pickles, excuse me, all the tomatoes can be submerged. However, the ones on top will not have been in the brine. So you'll have to take those out Take the tomato, excuse me, the tomatoes on the top out. In a different bowl, take the tomatoes that are on the bottom out. Put the tomatoes that were on the top in the jar first so that now they're on the bottom. Put the other tomatoes in and put the brine back in if you've removed the brine. Now remember, if you do this, you'll want to sterilize your bowls. Just pour them in boiling water and make sure they've come out of the um, dishwasher and you haven't touched the insides of them. Okay. Another tip I already mentioned, and that is if you use dill weed instead of dill seed, there's a lot of little green pieces of dill floating around, and you'll want to strain that out before pouring it into the jars. I use a coffee filter inside of a strainer to catch the dill weed. You can use cheesecloth. You can use something else also. Those are my tips other than to experiment with your brining spices. As I mentioned earlier, I found out I don't like cloves in my bread and butter variety pickles. It made, it just got too strong for me. I also found out that brown sugar is a waste. White sugar is cheaper and it works better and it doesn't make my brine cloudy. If you like spicy pickles, add either some red pepper flakes or add jalapenos, sliced jalapenos. Try adding turmeric or lots of garlic. 
Let me know how they turn out. I would love to hear how your pickles turn out, what you think about them. As I mentioned before, do you need to use canning jars? And the answer is no. I use a mixture of canning jars and other jars from other food products that we've washed and saved and run through the dishwasher. And like I said, you don't have to always use new canning lids because you're not canning these. They're going to stay in your refrigerator. Make sure they're clean, but that's good. How long do these last? Well, first of all, you don't want to eat them for at least three days. And and after about two weeks, I think they're at peak flavor, but I can never wait that long to start eating them. But the short answer is they last a long time. You've sterilized the jars, you've boiled the vinegar solution, you've washed your tomatoes, you've kept them in the refrigerator. The chance that anything is going to grow in this very acidic environment is remote. Obviously, if you see mold or anything, discard them. But I ate my cucumber pickles for an entire year from my refrigerator when we had a bumper crop. Other questions? Drop me a line at cindy at foodsensitivitykitchen.com and ask. Or ask me in the comments below when you go to foodsensitivitykitchen.com slash episode 055. You will find the recipe there. You will find a few pictures there. And happy pickling. I would love to hear how your refrigerator pickled tomatoes turned out or if you do something else with them. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for joining me. Keep cooking to enable those you love to flourish. Bye-bye.